the discussion podcast about freedom and capitalism, brought to you, recorded live somewhere in Cambridgeshire. Good evening. Good evening. Do you like my intro? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but you had a go at me about saying, and we're live, and yeah, now no, that, we're live again. I was trolling. It, it said it on the, on the board. Right. Okay. I'm just trying to be funny. Anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, you wanted to talk about Lisa Nandy ah, and I did, I did. in general, well, I think in general, the Labour leadership candidates. Now, yeah. where this may take us, I don't know, um, but there's a Labour leadership election happening. They're dragging it out, as, as the Labour Party like to do with their crazy rules. My understanding is that uh, also Chops um, has just been knocked out. Um, the shadow foreign secretary who really doesn't like white bands and um, Emily flags. Thank you very much. I was panicked for time there. Uh, Emily Thornbury's now been knocked out because, okay. again, about the crazy rules of... She needs to be nominated by... There are like these official affiliated organisations in the Labour Party, aren't they? Whether they are constituency Labour organisations, trade unions, the Fabian Society, whatever else. They all get like a, like a say, don't they? And you need to get a certain number of these in order to get past certain thresholds in certain ballots. Uh, she didn't, so she's out. So we're left with... Keir Starmer, Lisa Nandy, um, Rebecca Long-Bailey. Is it just those three that are the leadership candidates? Because obviously you've got your Richard Bergens and people like that. Yeah, Richard Bergen. Who's the... I can, I, I'm not, not even Not Jess sure. Phillips, but... The other one. I, can't, I can never remember her name. Yeah, because she's, she's not very memorable, is she? No. Other than for being a bit dim. But anyway... I think you've got a point about Lisa Nandy. Uh, yeah, Lisa Nandy and Richard Bergen in particular have have um, come to my attention because yes. they're obnoxious. Or uh, Dawn Butler, is she another one or is she just campaigning? I think she's just campaigning. Right. She okay. said some pretty awful things recently as well. Remind our listener and viewer. So, the, so Dawn Butler, the most recent thing, is that a child is born without sex. Not without gender, which you could easily argue is just a social contract construct and doesn't really exist anyway, so nobody cares about it. But a child is born without sex. That's 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 just crazy talk. Believable, isn't it? Yeah. Let's just leave that there and move on. I don't even I don't, think I don't, we need to go into it. Yeah, I don't think we need to. Um, so, if, if we want to stick, on, they're trying to make that that view mainstream. Well, let's stick on let's stick on the transgender uh, debate at the moment. Right. Um, so this is one of the things that Lisa Nandy um, spoke about recently. Are you so. having trouble getting a haircut? <laughs> You've seen that tweet. I, I did, yeah. I, I did. I, I, I retweeted that saying, this is absolutely appalling hair privilege. And I'm offended. Hair privilege. <laughs> I hope you're all offended on my behalf. Please retweet to raise awareness. Um, so you and I are oppressed. We are oppressed. Because we are follically challenged. It was. It was. I, I think I referred to that that BBC tweet as being violence against me. Um, right. Okay. I hope they remove that that tweet then. Of course not. But anyway, yeah. so, so this this is this is uh, Lisa Nandy is at one of her rallies, surrounded yeah. by you know all her supporters, obviously. And she's like the least loony lefty. She's, you would think she's so. a bit. She's a bit more on the Blairite side of things. Yeah, if you, if you, so let me, uh, do you want me to, to read out what she said? Oh, if you got it, yeah, uh, I realise you had it. So, well, so she was asked a question. So a, a feminist asked her a question about... A uh, feminist asked her a question. I think it was a feminist, yeah. Right. Um, asked her about women's rights and uh, transgender women in prison. And she gave the specific example of Christopher Wharton, uh, who was a convicted child rapist. Right. And now goes by the name of Zoe something or other. Right. Um, so this is you know one of one of the uh, one of the worst human beings alive. Um, and right. As a, as a, a specific example. We're talking serial, serial child rape. Yeah. Right. Okay. Un- unbelievable. Um, so she said he has asked. He's now uh, he is uh, self-identified. Self-identified as a woman. Right. Uh, he wants his crimes to be recorded as a woman. And uh, he wants to be in a woman's prison. Um, so this woman asked the question, you know, both both those things. Should should his crimes be recorded as a woman? And yeah. should he be in a woman's prison? 
And the response was from Lisa and Andy, I believe fundamentally in people's rights to self-identify. I believe the Gender Recognition Act strikes the wrong balance in relation to that. Crimes that are recorded should be recorded as that person wishes, having gone through that process. So this is what the, just, we should just do whatever the criminal wants. Trans women are women and trans men are men and should be accommodated in the prison of their choosing. <laughs> and bear in mind, this isn't just some random abstract example. This is Christopher Wharton was specifically mentioned. Yes. What yes. should happen in this exact case? So, and her I answer think... was, we should do what the child rapist wants. <laughs> right. Well, so let's, let's separate those two things because... I think it would be very easy to argue, um, and we probably have done on this podcast and will again, uh, that uh, someone convicted of sexual offences against women, uh, frankly, regardless of, of the age of those women, um, identifying as a woman in order to go to a women's prison and therefore being in a position where they could uh, sexually abuse other women, um, is crazy. That's a, it's a very easy thing to unpick. But at least it's happening in the here and now. The concept of rewriting history and saying that you always were this other, this other gender, uh, I think is just lunacy of the highest order. And well, we can we can take this at different levels as well. So there's not just the so this is so he transitioned, I think afterwards. After yes. he was convicted, uh, convicted, but even if he transitioned beforehand, should those crimes be recorded under women or under under male or female? Uh, yeah, no, I think you that's, know, that's that's another thing as well. I, I don't, I don't yes. particularly care if he tra- when he transitioned. Um, well, trans women are criminals. Is is the phrase that's going to? C- that's if we ever get famous. That's going to get quoted <laughs> around everywhere. <laughs> Just that snippet. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> you get you get what I'm saying? This this is this is this is not just it's not just men and women that can be criminals. It's trans women can be as well. And so, um, if there is a trans woman racist, racist? Where did racist come from? Trans woman rapist? <laughs> then, well, but again, that, that even that distorts the definition of rape, doesn't it? Um, because the, I mean. I don't want to get into the actual nitty gritty of the of the definitions of, of these things, but it is about penetration, and so rape by its very it's sexual assault if it's if it's something else. Rape by definition can only be um, a, a man to a woman in the in the le- strict legal definition. Now that's not to say that they won't tear these laws up and change them if they get into power, or they won't influence the uh, the current guys in power. Um, to uh, to make those those changes, I wouldn't be surprised if actually the legal definitions of these things did start to change. Would you? No, this is this is classic. So I remember we did a podcast a few weeks ago about the differences between the left and the right, and I think one of the examples one of the examples I gave was that the left only tend to look at one side of any argument. Right. So they don't tend to look at the the, the, oppo- the opposite side. Um, so when they're when they're talking about rights and transgender rights, you know that to them trumps everything. They're looking at the rights of that minority group itself, rather than the effects rather than of, the of rights recognizing of those rights. Everybody. So, for example, yes. and and again, we could, this this is another one of these contradictions. So, if if a if a trans woman can't go in a male prison because they're worried that men will attack yes. them, yes. Why why is that a legitimate concern? So it's a legitimate concern that, that a trans woman doesn't want to get um, you know, abused by men yeah. uh, or by people with XY chromosomes. Why is that not a legitimate concern for women in women's prisons that don't want someone with XY chromosomes coming in? Yeah. Why, why is that okay for, for one and not for the other? Yeah, well, I, I think we could spend all day listing the types of, um, of problems with all of those arguments. It's, it's full of full of contradictions mm. um, but yeah I was I was aware that there's a lot of of of, of, of these kind of trans policy it's, it's the statements. new it's the new abortion 
for want of a better term. You know, abortion was like the, the litmus test, particularly in America. Well, I was about to say, I don't, yeah, not in the UK. Never. It never has been. It's no, never been as much as it is in America, but it's that kind of, it's that kind of issue. In the, this is the, I think this, you're right this, the litmus this, this test. is the litmus test now. For um, what? For Gateway to the Special Club? Yeah, I think so. There's, it's there's the woke a, test. a certain type of, of yeah, a certain type of. of, of woke. This is this is wokery though, isn't it? That's it is. that's. Well, that's for that, well, and, and these people, they are massively associated with the left, yes. and I mean the proper left as well this time, not just people who think they're left who are a little so, bit right wing that we've talked about in the past. The actual people well, who are, you know, who would like socialism, communism, yeah. these people. So Lisa Nandy is doing this purely to court those. Yes, I, I, I would think so. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, and then the roar that the crowd gave her as soon as she said that, which is just a crowd of who? Those twos at a Lisa Nandy rally. Or Lisa Nandy fans. But you're talking. But no, no, no. It was just all. It was national. None of them just went. Ooh, but you're talking Labour that. members. Yes. So not a not a an accurate cross section. No, but these of are the country. You, you mentioned that these are people who are supposed to be perhaps a little bit more Blairite than the mm. regular Labour members, but they didn't. They didn't suddenly no. go. Oh, hang on a second. What's she saying here? That's my concern. They were. They were way giving her a big mm. cheer. It was. It was outrageous. Okay. Um, Shall we move on to? Well, I want to link. I think Bergenator. <laughs> is, is, is that a, a recognised term? Just came. Just came to me. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think you've got a point about the Labour membership. You've given me a hint about this. Well, thing. so this was, and what was, an, uh, possibly what was annoying me most about this was the fact that it wasn't annoying anybody else. That's fine. That means so, we get the exclusive on this one. Yeah, this is, this and we, and we shouldn't because it's, it's kind of happened. I mean, I spoke to this about you a couple of weeks ago. Do you, do you fancy another scotch while I ramble on about this? Uh, that's absolutely fine. And uh, in true um, Father Jack fashion... I have, oh, you have uh, a. You have I a, happened to have uh, Balvenie double Benny. wood. I have some of that home. Fantastic. Double, double wood. Okay, so uh, you may have heard about Richard Bergen's. I think he calls it his peace pledge, which is. Oh, really? I didn't realise it had that name. It certainly involves the word peace. Right. So he has this idea that Labour members should be consulted. Uh, should there be a Labour government, and should he be deputy prime minister? Oh, on on war, on, on matters of war, on on yeah, on on matters of military intervention. Um, right. So he went that far. It wasn't just going to war. It was military intervention. He, he, yeah, he specific. Well, I mean, again, cheers, your health, sir. Um, so I, I, yeah, he he used the words military intervention. Whether he, he's, I mean, he's been watering it down and backpedalling it a little bit. But the basic premise of this policy is. Uh, that Labour members are, will be polled before anything like this happens. Right. And then... Put it to the membership. We will then say, this is the, this is the Labour position on, you know, on, on going to war with Syria. And we're talking about, are we talking about whether they're, when, when they're in power, out of power, both, doesn't matter? Uh, I guess it wouldn't really... It doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, it, I guess it wouldn't matter as much if they were out of power. But they would still. So his his point. But he is wanted that, to make this Labour Party policy. Yes. That the, if in in matters of of military intervention, you go and poll poll the membership. And all most people were saying about it is, well, that's a bit unworkable, isn't it? Right. I don't care if it's completely workable. You're 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 selling. You're selling military intervention. Oh, because. Because you have to pay your twenty pound or yeah, so you, or whatever. You're, you're filling Labour's coffers in order for influence over military action. It's just, it's just so, so awful and evil and morally corrupt. I, and nobody's saying anything about it. Ca ca yeah, this is cash for influence. This, this is, is cash for cash for bombs, or you know, it's yeah. And you know, let's. I mean, we could. Let's not even go where, you know, so, for example, depending on where the military intervention was, um, if it was, let's intervene in, you know, in Syria or somewhere, then they'll probably, yeah, probably say, okay, yeah, we're not going to, because he was making the point of, it shouldn't be that easy to go to war, and we want to make it harder. He was trying to make it harder, was his point. Well, that's what he was saying. Right. Um, but let's say it was, okay, uh, Palestine is a little bit of help against Israel. 
Well, they'd all be jumping up and down, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah to let's let's go in there hard and fast. Um, you know, can you can you imagine but this, that? Right. So right. You, so there's the absolute. I couldn't agree with you more about the the moral repugnance of such an idea. Oh, it's incredible. But this this is encouraging. You have to be a Labour member. And when, to have a say. So it starts off with war, and then it will be education, then it will be the NHS. Yes. And it's the, your vote, your vote on, you know, once every four or five years. Well, it matters a little bit. It gets us into power. After that, you need to pay us, you know, £25 a year, a year. Or, or, or whatever. And, and you know, in order to take in order, part, in order to take part in, in democracy. In specific, well, this, this, this is policies, policy change or, or interventions or whatever. Yeah, that, that just. You can expand that out to absolutely everything. Well, but you see, that's that starts getting. It's a bit nineteen eighty four. Well, the, I, you, I, I was about to say this is this is whether it, you call it Soviet Russia or um, or communist China. This is the party. This is are you a member of the party? And, yeah. Because if you are, then you get treated differently. And that's where I'm getting at. There's there's the, the party members and there's the pro, you know the the, the, the proles in, in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. And this is this is very much that. You're either in or you're out. Um, and the only way that you can have any kind of say is if you're a if member. You're, yeah, as you remember, and you're paying us money, uh, in which case we get bigger and bigger, and it's, oh, it's awful. Yeah, I haven't heard, I certainly have not heard, any argument against it like that. I mean, so uh, Dan Hodges, to give him his due, was straight up there saying, hold up, Labour members, not, not constituents, not... You know, not everyone, not, not voters, not, not everyone. Labour members, not a referendum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he 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 picked up on it um, reasonably early on, right? But nobody really. But he didn't take it as far as you've said. No, there, in, no. in arguing the the next logical step, the outcome, not, the logical. not that I have seen. No, not, yeah. that, not that I have seen. Uh, no, that's a that's a good observation. So it was, yeah. I mean, so he 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 obviously made the point that it was it was wrong, but he didn't take it to to the, the extent that we have. In that, okay, well, where does it end? What what's yeah. going, what comes next? Well, so that's kind of. If you what, apply this across the board, yeah, what happens? Have you got any other stuff you want to talk about, Labour leadership candidates? Not really. Like a segue uh, here. Yeah, so I mean, they're, they're all they're all pretty awful. Um, Rebecca yeah. Long Bailey is a joke candidate, but she, you know, um, I, I don't mean this to be anything to hold you by, but right now, who do you think is going to win? Because you know, it's changed a lot. The polls of Labour members have, have changed a lot. I think I still think it will be Keir Starmer. Right. But it, it I, I wouldn't be massively surprised if yeah. Long Bailey got in. Yeah. I think that there only needs to be a couple more uh, of Corbyn saying, vote for Long Bailey, <laughs> and then that'll be it, um, I think. Or McDonald. Bergen or was saying people. that Corbyn's got a, a long political career left. Did you see this? I don't think I didn't see any recording of them. I just I saw it quoted. Um, he's saying, "Oh, well, you know, he's got ten years on on Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, his political career is far from over. <laughs> just the two general elections he's lost. And the last one, eternal. resounding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Are you, are you advocating that I? I think you should rejoin. Yeah, so to get your military influence as well. <laughs> I have two reasons. Is, uh, is choosing the, uh, the the next. So I wanted, I wanted to take this, uh, and I'm going to use the military intervention as the way to get there. Okay. Because you can argue that the reason for one of the largest military interventions of the last fifty years um, was caused by uh, a special advisor or a, a member of Downing Street staff. Okay, I was trying to think of think 50 Iraq years, I'm thinking of Vietnam or Iraq, okay. Okay. Iraq 2. Iraq 2. Iraq 2. And you mentioned Downing Street. Yes. Special advisor. I'm going for Alistair Campbell. Alistair Campbell. Campbell. Go for Alistair Campbell here. Right. Um, I think it's slightly unfair, if in any way anyone could ever be unfair to Alistair Campbell, um, he's not the only one obviously, but he, and he was the communications director, his job was to communicate, and he hasn't. He hasn't shown any remorse no. or rolled back on anything. No, no not at all. Um, and look, clever, clever guy. Excellent communicator. Um, can spin his way out of 
uh, of any situation. I, I certainly the shine has been lost <laughs> over the last uh, over the last four or five years, not least because of the Brexit. I mean, he's gone a bit. He's gone a bit mad over Brexit, hasn't he? Exactly. He's got a bit AC grayling. Brexit derangement syndrome is taking its toll. There's a tarnish now. Okay, um, whereas. He was the master, you know, wasn't he, um, at, at, at this stuff. There's other figures as well. The Blair's chief of staff was Jonathan Powell, I think, at the time. Um, and he had a political pedigree. I think his father worked for Thatcher or whatever. You know, this, this, it's, all an in, it's all an insider's game, all of this. But we've got You're specifically mentioning people unelected people that are not elected. Okay. Having influence. Is this, is this your angle? You know I'm going to talk about Dominic Cummings now. Okay. And ever since, ever since it was announced that he would be walking through the doors of number 10 in his scruffy clothes. Oh, I'm saying this dress like this. It's not like I'm, I dress smartly. Um, hated by the Guardianistas by the left. Absolutely despised for of, his A brain. lot of the media hate him. And I, yes. I love the way that he handles them. When they, when they try and doorstep oh, him and try and speak to him it when was, he's like walking around done, London. He was quite see so you, so you don't have kids, so you didn't get the, the stuff he was saying the other day. Uh, this is only like a week ago or whatever, when they doorstepped him. Um, and he started um, quoting from a, a children's TV show um, called PJ Masks. Right. Uh, and he just... He just started quoting the theme tune and the, the, the stuff that's said in PJ Masks. PJ Masks, they'll sort it out. They'll do that. And he start, I, I forget the exact stuff he said. But it was equivalent of just just padding for time. And just... He, he does it, obviously, entirely on purpose. He talks nonsense at them um, because he doesn't value... Well, I just, opinion I, in any way, shape, or I form. love the contempt that he gives. It's them. contempt. It's utter is that, contempt. Is that the best argument you've got? Have and you he really thought that through. And the, but also, he knows he knows how to play the legacy media, the corporate press, if you will, <laughs> um, with with such a plot. It was that conversation of him being doorstepped and him giving not a coherent answer, but not a not a. Not a Joe Biden, not coherent answer, <laughs> but a deliberately incoherent response. Was then the subject of the daily politics, whatever the BBC lunchtime politics show is, or whatever. You know, one of their topics was that. And, you know, there, there's someone on there defending, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, when you've got kids and the TV, CBBS is on their background, you come out you know, spouting this stuff. It's like... That wasn't it at all. He he obviously knows his program, and that's fine. He's got kids, whatever. But um, but this was just this was this was being deliberately obtuse. But I think he knows that this stuff gets picked up, and that he's a figurehead um, of of. It's not even ridicule. Just of if they're talking about me, then they're not talking about something else. So there's only so. It's, this is the classic. West Wing style, there's only so many column inches to fill. So if they're talking about me, I mean, the arguments that they used to make in those days, uh, I'm talking West Wing, the TV show here, was, you know, don't make yourself the story. <laughs> also, there's only one man running the show and it needs to be the illusion that it's the president running everything. Um, that, that ship has sailed. The, the demystification of our leaders, that, that's, that's gone. Largely with your Alistair Campbells and Tony Blair's. Um, no one knew, no one could say who John Major's director of communications were. No idea. E exactly. No idea. Exactly. Um, so that that time's gone, and it's gone with the new age of digital media. I'm, I'm not saying it's not naturally where it should have gone or where where it yeah, where where it was going to go. Um, but Dominic Cummings makes himself the story deliberately. But recently, it's all been about. How how can this person possibly have this much power? It wasn't right. So we just had a reshuffle, okay? And the shock part of this reshuffle. I mean, quite a lot of people got fired, including a lot of Brexiteers, um, senior members of the cabinet just got fired. Um, just to, just to, just run of the mill. They weren't the scandals, 
the the in quotes scandal was that the Chancellor of the Exchequer resigned, but it was over special advisers, wasn't it? Well, he was so he yeah he resigned because he was asked to fire all of his, wasn't he? Mm. Basically, the entire team from what I understand. And that they were going to have this joined up group of advisers of both number ten and the number eleven. Point here is obviously that you know this. The, the Chancellor is kind of the de facto number two in the government. It's it's a bit odd, isn't it, really? And, but literally lives next door. Well, it's, it's kind of one, it's almost one house, isn't it? There's obviously the flats within it of, of 10 and 11. Um, but the, the, the teams have to work closely together, albeit that's not where the Treasury is. The Treasury is... So all these quirks of the British system. Um, but yeah, he, he, he went over that, but it was... It was said, all of the commentators are saying this is this is much Dominic Cummings firing or, or causing Sajid Javid to be fired than, than it was Boris. That that he's the puppet master and you know Bor- Boris is all No, or, 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 no, that Cummings, Cummings is, is that right. how can Cummings have this power and yada yada yada. None of these people ever whinge when it's their guys in. This well, is part of my point. Yeah, so... This is their system. This is the system that they endorse every day of the year. That someone can be hired, that it is perfectly normal for the Prime Minister to hire people to work in number 10 to be his advisors, his or her advisors. I, mean, I can't remember who this quote is, but this goes something along the lines of that there's nothing worse to a socialist than the wrong socialist in charge. <laughs> That's a good um, quote. But you can apply, it doesn't have to be a socialist, you can apply the whole thing. Stat- statist or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, but another point I'll make is that, and I, I, did, I did tweet this out, in that I think Dominic Cummings is given far too much credit for all the good things and all the bad things that are happening on his watch. Yes. And I think he's just, uh, he's just, and he, he spun as this criminal mastermind. Yeah, and he probably knows he's the figurehead now and that everything is going to get, so he's going to be the centre of attention on a bunch of stuff. So if he can be the centre of attention for reciting some children's TV thing and not some policy, yeah, he probably sees point. that as a win. Yes. I can't I can't get out of being centre of attention. So play So I'm gonna mess with you guys. And yeah. I'm gonna just And he is that clever. You. I mean I I do think he is that clever. I think he he's and he and I suppose the comparison with Alistair Campbell is a, a pretty good one from that perspective. Obviously, a lot of political strategy came from Campbell in the Blair years. And I'm not saying that Blair wasn't part of it, or Brown wasn't part of it, or Peter Mandelson wasn't part of that yeah. new Labour project as well. Um, but yeah, he's a political strategist as much as he became the director of communications. And um, and Cummings is a political strategist, uh, among other things that he does. But his his way of dealing with the media in its current form and playing them in that way is reminiscent of Alistair Campbell's ability to wrap a newspaper around his fingers. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so it's he's, it's a different world now. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, newspapers loved Alistair Campbell, and they can't stand Dominic Cummings. So it is obviously a different relationship. Yes. Um, but they're both kind because of... Because he's an outsider. Yeah, they're both kind of getting what they want. That's my comparison. I'm not um, saying that he's loved by the media at all. I mean, they, they, kind of, they cannot stand him, and he cannot stand them. Um, oh, the contempt is real in both directions. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think yeah. So. Um, but he... The fact that he has power, the fact that anyone else has power, that's a function of our system. I mean, every... All the civil servants, all the quangos, all the okay. all the people appointed, let's, they all have power. Let's take it one step further. And they're unelected. What, what about what about the newspaper that the Prime Minister reads in the morning, or the TV show yes. that he watches, the newsreader who gives their certain spin on the news? Their family they, members. They're unelected. They have a certain amount of power over the Prime Minister well, because they're influencing him. And Dominic Cummings doesn't have to have a hired job. Um, it's easier when he's right there, but he could just be sat at home. Emailing. Yeah, is it is it is it is it fine if he's just the prime minister's mate and he's on the end of a phone or an email Not to advise him or something like? Let's say that let, I'm going to take this even further because Dominic Cummings is a blogger and he likes to write his long, long blog posts and he still does. You 
could write a blog, or I, where we put our ideas forward for how you should run a government department or how you should run the entire whole shebang, okay? And Boris Johnson or any Prime Minister today stumbles across could it. just read it and enact it. We wouldn't have to get any credit. Wouldn't have to be any money changing hands. You wouldn't even have to talk to the person. Because right now, political ideas are out there for free. Uh, you may feel aggrieved by not being credited, or you may just be sitting there going, <laughs> I would be rubbing my hands together. <laughs> if it were your ideas being put forward, yes, exactly. But that's political influence, because it's decided by the person who's elected, isn't it? And I suppose this is all about questions of, of how open and honest a politician, someone who can be elected to high office, should ever be, could ever be, about what's going to, what and who is going to influence them? Does this mean that in elections, that the Prime Minister, the, the people who could be likely to be Prime Minister, should lay out, these are the people who I will have in my team? Let's take this, let's take this further, as we do. How insulated should our Prime Minister be from the outside world if he's not allowed to be influenced by anything other than his own personal thoughts? Is he allowed to read a book? Is he allowed to listen to the radio? Is he, can he watch TV? Can he go on the internet? Should we give him internet access? You know, it's just crazy. I mean, the... the, the this the, is your system, guys. Yeah, the issue is the system is ridiculous. And it's not that, it's not that, it's not that Dominic Cummings has influence over Boris Johnson, it's that Boris Johnson has that power in the first place. Yes. That's the issue. And that's what I think it shines a light on. But nobody, well, I think you can shine that light on the flaws in the democratic process, the flaws of having a single person, let alone even 650 of them, that are elected to have power over others, is that each and every one of those can be influenced. Now, when, when they do it for money, it's, it's called bribery. But there are plenty of other forms of influence <laughs> that are not against the law. Um, and, and lobbying and all this kind of stuff. Or just, you know, maybe there's, there, maybe there's an intern at number 10 that Boris Johnson quite likes. Fancies. Who, well, it doesn't matter, it, you know, and, and might occasionally just say, that's a bad idea. And that might influence him. Yeah. You know, what's, you know. what's wrong with that? In this system, what is wrong with that? Well, it's no worse than anything else. Yeah, I think, I, I think the, the wrong is in that Boris Johnson has power in the first place. So I'm not saying that yes. with the, the people influencing politicians is good, so, but it's the, the, the fault lies with the politicians. In the, so having, having the system we have, I'm not going to allow you here to just go, well, I wouldn't have it all anyway. I reject the very premise of your question. <laughs> of, of the government, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think there should be more um, transparency in the people working at number 10? Or in any government department, number 10 being the top, if we start there. I don't think it will matter. I don't care. I, 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 no, no, you, no, you, no, you, you care in this scenario. In this I don't, scenario. don't think it's going <laughs> to. Don't genuinely don't think could it's going to make okay, a difference. Okay, okay. Dominic Cummings star, could you make it better? You once said you could make government better. Yeah, by disrupting and <laughs> sabotaging everything that it does. No, you started off by saying you could make it more efficient. Uh, yeah, because I think because that's my job, and I think I could generally make everybody more efficient. But I qualified that in that I don't think an efficient government is a good one. No. Because it means they're doing more things and they're, they're screwing with your lives more. Can you think of a better way, other than wiping the, the entire system slate clean, of managing these appointed people? There isn't, is there? I mean, the, the, short of them, again, it, the, the only things that can be done are the American style, hauling them in front of select committees and things like that. And all you're doing there is subjecting them to a group of people that have been elected yeah. that don't have and a good opinion. And then it comes out that Donald Trump has been on the phone to Sean Hannity every morning for the past whatever in some unofficial role. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. If you, if you start to, you know... When, you drive it underground. You drive it underground. The same way that the if, black you, market. If, you, if you ban encryption... 
people, the average person is going to suffer because of it, and terrorists are going to use a pen and paper. It's just you're not going to stop it. You're just you, going to you're just going to hide it from view. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. arguably, it'll be worse if it's underground. Um, While we're talking about public officials, this is the only way I can think of to. It's another segue. Yep. Uh, I want to talk about Mark Carney, the outgoing. Um, what is his actual title? Governor. Governor, governor of, of the bank. I was going to say head of bank. Governor of the Bank of England, our central bank. We really should do a podcast on central banks and. That's currencies. a right-wing title if ever I heard one. Governor. Governor. That's all, that's all about order and control. Governance. Governance as opposed to ownership. Yeah. And the whole ter- government itself is... But hang on. Right, hang on. a right-sounding term, isn't it? I don't want to get back into... No, I like this. I like this. We're, we're, I like the diversion, because I knew what I was going to say until this moment. Chairman Mao. That's a very corporate title. Chairman Mao. Chairman <laughs> you said governor was right wing yeah, so chairman but I suppose that is ownership you don't have a governor of a company you have a chairman of a company yeah, probably it's, it's, has a stake I'm, in it I'm, I'm the chairman of all the means of production in this country, entire country of one billion people good so we've resolved that yeah. we can move so on. I think yeah chairman left governor right <laughs> but companies aren't left wing it's just that you own them if you're the chairman, probably, or you have got a stake. Well, so some companies are left wing. I would say. Is there right? the NHS? Can you? It, it's uh, not a company. Oh right, let's not go there. We, we're gonna we're gonna end up down that rabbit hole <laughs> like we always go every bloody week. Anyway, Mark, Mark Carney. Carney. <laughs> Mark Carney, um, outgoing uh, governor of the Bank of England, who was in charge during the last five years and specifically over this Brexit period. So he was he was there in the run up to the referendum. He was he's been there ever since. So he this whole period between instrumental in Project Fear, you project, might say. Project Fear. So I'm not gonna make a point over how much power he should have. That's that that's the Dominic Cummings angle. But I was um it was in the new this is a few weeks ago now. Um, him popping up in media outlets uh, talking about how things aren't as bad now and things are going to be a bit more rosy and oh, it's a good job I did this and a good job I did yeah, that. Yeah, it wasn't framed as, oh, wasn't I wrong? Look look, look at all my predictions and how I was wrong about each and no. every one of them. No. And I, again, in, in terms of an observation that you didn't find in any media outlet whatsoever, um, was why on earth did you not say you were going to do the things that you have done in order to mitigate what you consider to be the negative impacts of the of of holding a referendum and losing it and then actually leaving the EU? Well, yeah, because let's let's unpick that. So if he's saying that the reason we're not in as bad place as he he said we would be is because of lots of things that he's done. And he's now going, isn't it great that I did those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if, that's, if that's his premise, then that's his argument. So when you made those predictions, there are a whole bunch of things that could have happened. The things that you were going to do should have been the easiest to predict. Out of, out of absolutely everything, <laughs> the, thing, the stuff that you should have got right is what I'm going to do in these circumstances. Or are you saying that you didn't know you were going to do any of it? Does that make you good at your job? Or are these things just the are they are they just these magic new things that he's done that didn't exist? These strategies and, and, and tactics didn't exist in twenty sixteen when he when he made these predictions. I've just invented the that's utter rubbish. But to, but to predict this is um this is a classic counterfactual um argument when trying to prove something um a policy of yours um is working. Uh, and and I've, I've, I was listening to some podcasts the other day with Christopher Snowden of the IEA. Okay. Um, he's great on all the nanny state stuff. Uh, so talking about you know, smoking and vaping, sugar tax, all this kind of thing. And, you know, a new story will pop up and it's based on some study that, you know, not even peer reviewed, you know, even if we ignore the flaws in the peer review process. Um, and it, it'll be some model 
that had a counterfactual in it that was, well, if we did things like this, we'd end up here. But because we introduced this policy, we did things like this, we're down there. But it's, it's a false premise. It, it, comparing the two positions is, 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 is wrong on so many levels because it probably wouldn't have happened. Could it have happened? Yes, it could. But it wasn't going to because you did these other things. You were going to do these other things. That, that's, that's what Mark Carney and the Treasury are asking us to believe, that, that, that they knew no way of solving these problems. Only they did when they happened. Well, there was, and I can't remember the specifics, but there was one that I, I think it might have been Snowden who mentioned it as well. It was about like kind of alcohol pricing in Scotland. And there was, yes. there was a counterfactual that said, we think that it's, this is going to happen. And because, and because of that, this, you know, crime or whatever is and now... And it was heart attacks, heart, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever it is, is now at this rate and have now fallen. It's like, well, actually, no, they've, they've risen since that policy is... is uh, utter, I mean, utter nonsense, utter nonsense. Yeah. Um, but come back to Carney. If you, you, you don't have a lot of people working for you, specifically. You run teams, but you're not running a whole company or anything like that. No, I have, like, maybe, you know, 20 or 25 at most. Uh, but if, 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 if one of them came to you with a, with, a, with a plan, if you asked one of them, what would happen if I adopted this policy at this time? And you asked them to come up with a report for you of what would happen. And they came up with this report and it said, all this stuff, all this stuff's going to happen. All this bad stuff is going to happen. But then you were like, God, right. But I still really need to do this. Still, this is still the right thing to do. I have to do this. And then you enacted it. And then it turned out that none of these things came to pass. And it, it turned out that this person had made these predictions based on doing nothing at all. <laughs> of not acting. You'd fire that person. If this person forecasted that they would do nothing or they would do the opposite of what they actually did. If you, if you said to him, so you've done things to counteract the negatives, have you, now? Oh, yeah, because they were negative. Then you'd be, they'd be fired. I mean, it, so in real life, it never really gets to that stage because you always have things like, I might say, right, I'm going to change the branch strategy. Or I'd like to change the branch strategy. I want to do this do you instead. want to just... There's a terminology you're using here for our listener and our viewer. Okay, branch no. strategy is not a common. Part it's not okay. So out of our so uh, deployment process, how we get software live, for example. Let's this is say, talking about software. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's a, let's. A branch is about uh, well, define define branch for. Okay, so when you're writing software, you 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 will all write your code and you'll dump it in a place, um, and uh, like an online repository. Uh, and uh, what will happen is you will have you can branch off from this central code base, and uh, you might have one branch for development work, and another branch for you know that will become uh, live very soon. So you might you might say right, we're going to work on some stuff here. We're then going to go back into our master branch, and then we're going to go live. A branch is a string of changes. Yeah, 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 into, into, into production. And there are lots and lots of different strategies you can have around this. And so it might be that I'm, I, I want to make changes to our strategy for going live. Or, for example, the way that we deploy software. Um, so we can, you know... The, the way you roll it out. The way, yeah, the, 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 way, the way we roll it out. And, you know, so there are often times when... I might want to make a couple of changes, and people say, "Oh no, you know that's that's a bad idea." And you say, "Okay, why is that a bad idea?" Well, because this will happen. So, are you saying that if I did that, there'd be no way for us to mitigate against that? Yes. Well, I could do this, right? Okay, then then do that, and that's that's where it ends. Yes. Um, you know, it never gets to the stage where you know reports are written on reports and all this data is gathered and all that kind of. You know, it never gets to the point because there's a way. Of, if there because is a way of mitigating at, something, you do it. Yeah, and at, at any stage, people are always questioning stuff. So with, with Project Fear, they're like, brilliant. This is all going to go wrong. Yeah, stick that out. Nobody's yeah. challenging them and saying, "Hold up a second. We're we're in charge here. We need to make sure that the best outcome happens." Regardless of the of the result of the referendum, so we need to give a truthful outcome. The the, the, the whole intention and the desire behind it is completely wrong. It's not in, it wasn't done in good faith. Now the Leave campaign won. Um, as far as we're aware, not a rigged election. Um, 
no Russian bots influencing me. No. Um, do you think they did a good job? At, I, I don't want to say what well, the evidence is. Of course, they won. Do you think they did a good job at challenging those those assumptions, those reports, in the way that you've just described, or do you think they did it no. in a different way? They no. just they just went with positive versus negative, I as opposed to saying that they haven't mitigated those risks and they would. Yeah, and the question was never asked. Do you think the people producing these reports want the outcomes to be good or bad? What do you think their goal is? I think they probably did some of that. I think they probably said, well, of course, they're just Remainers and they're yeah, just establishment figures. I and... don't, yeah, I don't remember. I th- remember establishment figures, yes, but I don't remember people yeah. questioning the, the, the faith. of the, It was all the, well, they all mean well. Was, was in some, no, they don't mean well. They don't yes. mean well at all. They didn't go far enough no, with they, they that, did they? They didn't stick the knife in and, 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 and twist it around a bit, which is probably what they should have done. Yeah, well, half them. But again, that's because a lot of them are statist. And there was conservative, blue against blue. Correct. They didn't want to go too far. They were having to, they were going to have to make up with some of these people. They were going to have to run these departments and run these. And then that, and that's the whole problem, isn't it? It's like, clear them out, clear them out of the dissenters, <laughs> and that yeah, drain the swamp. <laughs> yeah. And that, another reason why why they're never as good at arguing for these things is because as soon as they get on to what you and I would class as being the right arguments, they're on a slippery slope because they're going to have to go against what they're arguing for everything else. So you and yes. I would argue against it as because it's statism. And we can prove that the state doing anything is a bad idea, and they do everything badly. And even if they could do stuff wrong, well, it's morally wrong that they should have power over people. As soon as you start playing that argument, people start questioning. Well, if it's wrong, then what Why about all the stuff that here? you do? Do you want a good current example of that, though? Go for it. Free ports. Okay. So I did a short tweet on this. I tweeted something that the new um, Chancellor of the Exchequer. Um, Rishi Sunak, have I said that right? I think so. I've only seen it written down. I, I, I just keep thinking he's a Vulcan. It, it, it's, it's Sunak. That's a Vulcan name, isn't it? Don't you think? I don't, I don't mean that disparagingly. It's just that. Or, or maybe Romulan, actually? Sunak. So, yeah, That's a Romulan, Romulan commander, actually, isn't yeah. it? So I'm sorry, Vulcans. It's a Romulan name. Um, but he tweeted something out, I think, after, only on the day or whatever. But maybe it was before. Maybe because he was chief secretary to the treasury. He was like the number two in the. There, yeah, he was reasonably high up. He was one of those. So he was kind of in cabinet already. Um, and he tweeted out a, a you know classic preformed statement on the government policy. And this one was about free ports and how it was going to boost the economy and this and that and whatever and free. Da, 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 I know. Da. I know exactly where you. And going I, with this. I was able. I mean, I can't remember my exact tweet, but I was able to say. Um, if this is such so good for free ports, imagine if we had a free country. But I put because it free ports was like is is it is being made of one word, so I put yeah. free country as one word to kind of underline it. Yeah. yeah. Um, how can you argue that if you take a region, even if it's just a city, and remove all of these things, all of this government, this is what you're doing. You're removing tax. You're removing government. You're removing regulation. If it's so good for the port, for the city, they're, even, they're not even just saying that it has to be a coastal city. Free ports can be inland, I think, as well. How can it not be the right thing to do for everywhere? And this is, so this is why the, the left often have a, a, a better arguing than, than, than the right or the centrist, because they will say, oh, well, you know, of course. So, so the NHS is a good All thing. All government is good. The, the NHS is a good thing. It's people, a very consistent argument. All people, government is good. People will, um, will, will, will say, oh yeah, of course I believe in the NHS. And so, well, if the state is, should, should run the NHS, why can't the state run everything? If, if the state running the NHS and running education is a good thing, why not, why not do it for everything else? And right-wingers will, will often struggle. Um, uh, totally, because they, they want to try and make a bit of a free market argument because they know that they need the money to pay for their statist mm. bits. But it's very difficult to make a mixed economy argument. Then, I mean, uh, arguably, the closest we've come is Boris. Or we've 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 talked about this before. He makes a good mixed economy yeah, argument. Yeah. So that's uh, who's the uh, 
the old guy who's now a Telegraph blogger, I believe, in Margaret Thatcher's day, he was... Uh, Tebbit. Tebbit. Lord Tebbit. He does, he does uh, well, there are five things that the government has control <laughs> of, and it's education, NHS, blah, 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 blah. That's it. We can't, but other than that... Uh, we, we can't afford... Because, because his argument is that all these things are good, but we need to pay for them. And the only way to pay for yeah. them is for having a free market. So... It almost sounds like, wouldn't it be great if we? I would. It almost sounds like I would love to if we, if we could be completely socialist, but we can't. Therefore, we have to have this mixed economy. That's yeah. kind of, kind of his argument. So it's not even the managerial argument, is it? It's pra- It's. I think it's we're being practical. practical. It is. It's, I think it's we're being pra- practical here. A practical point of view. You can only have a certain amount of socialism. Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. And socialism in these five things is fine. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I haven't read Tebbit for for years now. Actually. No, I, no, I, I haven't for a while. But uh, yeah. But he is he he loves he loves that argument yeah. Um, going back but going back going back to Carney again. I just I think I think it's important to know that no no commentator no journalist no one has sat him down and said why didn't you say you were going to do those things. It's not a difficult question, is it? It's not. I don't I don't think I'm being too clever. Yeah, or you know, and and you know, us Brexiteers and Leave voters had confidence that everything would be okay and that you were you were good enough that you probably would do would some things to, to mitigate some of these dangers why yeah. didn't you have confidence in yourself yeah exactly why didn't you think you were going to do any of this yeah yeah definitely but no the, 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 the corporate press the legacy media never um, never never question people um, no well that's that's all I've got we've gone from Labour leadership candidates to Dominic Cummings and whether appointees or of the Prime Minister should have any influence to a very key appointee of the Bank of England um, uh, doing this nonsense with uh, with Project Fear and the, the so-called forecasts um, of these things I haven't got anything else have you got anything else? No I think we should probably end it there okay Thank you for watching and listening to Sounding Board. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, click subscribe and click the little bell, which means that you'll get notified of whenever we uh, uh, whenever we release anything. Go to soundingboard.com. That's our website. New and improved. Um, we don't blog very often at the moment, but all our episodes are I on did there. recently. Did you? I, we need to blog recently, more. So. But we've, you know, as you can tell, we're better at just you know, gabbling. Um, tune in next time.